Let's pray together. Come Holy Spirit. Come Lord, we give you permission to do whatever you desire to do in our lives. May our minds, hearts, and souls be fertile soil that your word may bear great fruit. Lord, illuminate the scriptures for us. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. How many times have we asked the Lord a a question, right? We've uttered a prayer, Lord, when is this going to happen? When is this going to get better? When is this going to change? When will this particular promise be fulfilled? And then we, we, we pray the prayer, we, we long for it to come, and maybe it seems like it's not coming. Well, if you've had that experience, I know I've, I've had that experience, I want us to listen to the words of Jesus today to his apostles at just before his ascension into heaven. He says, they gathered around and they asked him, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Like, hey, part of the, the, what we expected for the Messiah to come to do was the restoration of the kingdom. And so the Romans, right, the Romans are still controlling us. Like, are you going to restore now that you have been crucified and you have, you have risen from the dead? You have destroyed the grave. Like, How about getting the Romans out of here, huh? Like, how about getting the Romans out of here and restoring the kingdom to Israel? So again, how many times in in our lives have we asked a similar thing? Like, Lord, like, you've you've done all these amazing things, but when are you going to do this? When are you going to do this thing? And Jesus says this, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has established by his own authority. Like there is a mystery to God's plan and God's providence and God's timing that many times is not for us to know all of the details. There's a mystery to it. There's a mystery to the restoration of Israel. And and what they came to believe later is the recognition that it wasn't so much about the physical nation of Israel. It was about the new Israel, which was the church, which was them. There were 12 apostles representing the 12 original tribes of Israel. And at that time, actually, there were only two tribes left, right? The first exile, there were the 10 tribes. They got lost, in a sense, how did they get lost? They, they intermarried, they mingled, and so there were, were no more of the ten tribes. There were just the two left in the south. And so like, hey, like, are you going to bring everybody in? Because the Messiah, again, is going to establish Israel. We're going to bring the ten lost tribes back. Are you going to do this? And they were expecting that. But what they couldn't see at the moment is like, oh, no, there are 12 of us. And that we're the beginning of the new Israel. That we're the beginning of the church which ultimately this Israel has its home, its, its promised land in heaven. Like we're in here on a journey as they were journeying from slavery in Egypt through the desert and ultimately getting to the promised land that, that we, the church, are, are 
in this world, and it's a beautiful world, and there were beautiful things in the desert, but ultimately our promised land is heaven. And the Lord is restoring us now. He's restoring the new Israel now, and he's gathering us all back in. And so when we may think like, well, Lord, this is not happening fast enough in my life, or this is not happening fast enough in the church, or this is not happening fast enough in our nation, like, like come on, come on. And the Lord is like, hey, hey, it is not for us to know all of the details of the Father's plan. But what does he say? He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Like, yes, you're not going to know all the details of the plan, but when the Holy Spirit comes, you will receive power. Like, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Like, even in this moment, they came before him and they said they worshiped, but they doubted. We know these are the same uh, apostles who were in the upper room afraid. And then this is just days away, and we are days away now from Pentecost. Jesus ascends, and nine days later, so if you ever wondered where the novena came from, it is that. On the ascension, Jesus ascended into heaven, and he said, hey, go to Jerusalem and pray until the Holy Spirit comes. And it was nine days later that the Holy Spirit came. And so the novena is straight from the ascension and Pentecost, that we're praying and waiting on the Lord to come and waiting on him to move. And when he comes, there is power, so much power, that the apostles who were afraid of death, Right? I don't want to be known as a disciple of Jesus because I might get killed myself. That in the moment that the Holy Spirit comes upon them, that Peter goes out boldly and proclaims to the same people that he was afraid of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so powerfully, there's mass conversion in that moment. That these men who were afraid were filled with the Holy Spirit and then filled with courage and the grace and the conviction of the truth. Brothers and sisters, what the Lord does promise us, again, he doesn't promise us on this journey that we're going to get all the details of his plan or that every single little detail that we want to be, quote, unquote, fixed in our life is going to be fixed on this side of heaven. But what he does promise is I will give you the Holy Spirit, which is God himself. And with that comes the power for our lives to change. Where in your life do you feel like you're stuck in a rut? Is it a particular sin, greed, pride, envy, jealousy, lust? I'm just stuck in a rut. And we need to be calling upon and asking for the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit to come into our lives. Because I have, I've in my own life, witnessed the power and grace of God and conversion in so many countless people's lives. As a priest, I have seen that there have been situations. And, and I love it even more when family members come and they're like, Father, I don't know what happened. But my son, my daughter, my sister, my mother, my brother, my spouse... They are different. Not perfect, but different. Since they have opened themselves up to the power and the grace of Jesus Christ. To the gifts and the movement of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, we, we, are, we are people of faith and we're in the church and this is what happens. We get used 
to like supernatural things. Hopefully one of the graces of, of being away from the church for a while, being away from the Eucharist, is like we've gotten used to the fact that this crazy miracle happens. That right now what is bread and wine, that, that after the Holy Spirit descends upon this altar, it will become the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. Mind-blowing. That is the reality of the Eucharist. But we've come, we've, it's become something too common to us, too common to us. The grace of, of confession, the, the power of baptism, just the Holy Spirit within our life, the power of the word of God has become so common to us that we think like, oh, I know and I understand. But if we could just begin to pray for more faith and more openness to what God wants to do, then things change in our life. As St. Paul is saying today, what does he say? He says, may the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation resulting in knowledge of him. He's writing this to the Ephesians. He's writing this to people who were already Christians. They were already baptized. He had already preached to them. Paul had established that church. And he's saying, look, I am praying that, you, that the Spirit of God comes so that you get more wisdom and more knowledge so that you can come to know God more deeply or you can be reminded of who he actually is and the power that he gives to us as his sons and daughters. This is the gift that he gives. Jesus, we're celebrating today the ascension where he ascends to heaven at the right hand of the Father and he is there interceding for us constantly. And he says, when he was there with them, he says, I'm going to need to go. And, and again, if I'm one of the apostles, I'm like, Jesus, I know, you know, you're the incarnate son of God, um, but I'm pretty sure it's better if you stay. Like you're saying it's better if you go. I'm, I'm going to just step out. I'm going to step out here and say, I think it's better if you stay. And he's like, no, it's better if I go. Because if I don't go, then the Father won't send the Holy Spirit. As Jesus goes to the Father, he doesn't leave us, right? It's this amazing gift that, yes, he has ascended to the Father, but he hasn't left us. He says, I will remain with you always through the grace and power of the Holy Spirit. Because wherever the Spirit is, so is the Son and so is the Father. And then what Jesus has done as he's gone to the Father, not only has he not left us, but he has, in a sense, taken us with him in the heart of the Father. So he is both present to us here and we are present to him there by the grace and communion of the Holy Spirit. And then he says, in the midst of staying in communion with me, in the midst of the power of the Holy Spirit given to you to change your life, I want you also to go, right? This ingathering of the ten lost tribes, like that's actually us. We are them. And he says, go therefore and make disciples of everybody in Jerusalem, all in Judea and Samaria, and all throughout the entire world. So that as we come to know God, who he is, and the Lord comes to move more deeply in our life, that we cannot but help. We cannot but help to introduce other people to him. Because our life is different. And our life has been changed by the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit working within us. So today, maybe you came in, maybe you came in with a prayer and a question, hey Lord, when is this in my life going to be different? 
Maybe you're hearing today from the Lord himself to say, look, don't worry about the details of that. My father has it. What, I, what, I'm, what I'm giving you now is power from the Holy Spirit. What I'm giving you now is the grace that I will remain with you always through the grace and power of the Holy Spirit dwelling within us through the grace and gift of the most holy Eucharist. And then in this, may our lives be transformed. And then may we go, therefore, and be his witnesses so that other people will come to know him who may have never known him if it were not for our lives in communion with him. When they gathered together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Lord, are you at this time going to fix this or fix that? He answered, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has established by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth.